Hey, what up, fam? It's your boy, Norm, and I would like to welcome you to episode 70 of the Evangelical Norm. Um, obviously, once again, I am talking quieter, and I'm in a different spot. So, we are on vacation. I'm chilling in my brother-in-law's basement, and so i got to be quiet because my niece is asleep in the room just down the hall, and this was the only place I could do this. So, but um, the show must go on, right? So we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we're gonna jump in with what most people have been talking about this week. If you follow podcasts, you have heard about the uh, state of theology survey that has come out, um, and I gotta say it, it it's not looking good. Um, the way where we are at, and I haven't even looked at the UK one, and I, I gotta assume that the UK uh, site is far worse than what the US site looks like. Um, just given um, the state of the church there and where how far progressed they have gone compared to where we are in the states. I mean, we're still holding on to a little semblance of um, some solid theology, some sound theology. It seems like Europe and Great Britain, it's really fallen away, um, almost to the point where I recently really started thinking about um, church planting in, um, I've got a, a one of my former pastors is planted in um, in Europe, and um, you know, England could definitely use some solid reformed churches uh, going on over there. So I know that's probably just a dream I got going on. I I can't see that happening. I don't know that I could uproot my wife and my daughter and go plant. But if you're listening and you've got even an inkling for church planting. Consider it, um, Europe and England need solid churches um, willing to preach the gospel, willing to bring truth back into those areas. So we're going to jump into this and we're going to just start looking at um, each one of these statements. I think there's 34. A lot of them we're going to go through really quick. I can't imagine we're going to spend that much time, but there's a few of them we really need to spend time on. So... Um, Let's jump in on these real quick. Um, yeah, where did my survey go? There it is. All right. So, uh, statement number one. Simple. Uh, God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. Um, this doesn't look too bad. I mean, the fact that we've got 23, uh, 31% that either disagree or are not sure on this statement. I mean, that in itself is a bad, is a sad uh, statement on the state of the church that we've only got 69% um, of the people who actually believe that God is a perfect being cannot make a mistake. Um, statement two, there's one true God in three persons. Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, again, true or false, uh, where do you stand on the Trinity? A little better, um, 28 per 20, 30%. Uh, not sure or disagree with this. Um, 
the fact that there's only these are statements and I don't know how you can not you know the the choices are strongly disagree disagree not sure agree and strongly agree those were the choices you have I don't know how you can find yourself in the middle ground I can see maybe there is one that I clicked when I took this that I hit not sure on and I'll tell you about it when I get there and I'll explain why but all the rest of them I mean it's either a strong agreement or a a, a strong disagreement there's there's not a whole lot of middle ground in here I mean where do you find middle ground and in, in not sure on I mean I guess you can be not sure on the Trinity but I mean if either you believe in the Trinity or you don't I mean it's either a strong agreement or um, a strong disagreement so um, but again not as bad as the first one um, here's one that that is concerning and it, again it leads towards where the church is going uh, now God accepts the worship of all religions including Christianity Judaism and Islam again how you can get middle ground on this this is I mean not sure okay that's a understandable in some of these but it, it's got to either be a strong agree or a strong disagree the fact that we have 29, 35 I could have done the math before but I'm doing all this math in my head so um, you get to see how wildly smart or um, not I am as I figure these math numbers in my head but 35 percent of people in the US are either not sure or think or no no 30 only 35 percent fall in the not sure or absolutely disagree with this statement and uh, that's a problem that is a problem in the states especially when you break this down and if we break this down into religion um, or not region religion um, faith is what we want to break it down into let's look at this um, this one a little bit more um, if we look at evangelicals um, the, you know it's a slightly better number but of evangelicals that agree with this number you know, there's a problem with if you have evangelicals that agree or are not sure whether or not God is universalist or not I mean if you're part of being evangelical is understanding that Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the Father but through me so this is a little bit um, concerning in and of itself I don't know why black Protestant and evangelical are, are disconnected but um, these numbers are again um, far less people identifying as this but 60 percent 60 84 percent of black Protestants believe that God accepts the worship of all religions um, only <laughs> only 12 percent of black Protestants believe that Jesus was telling the truth um, when he said I'm the way the truth and the life um, mainline I mean, we can break that one down um, add it in uh, so mainline uh, only again only 12 percent um, Roman Catholic 9% 9% of Roman Catholics uh, 
think that Jesus was telling the truth and then I, I don't know what falls in the category of other but um, other uh, there's a, a, a greater number of others that believe what Jesus said it seems like than um, throughout the rest so there's that uh, we could go on and on and on and, and potentially maybe even do a full upcoming episode simply on statement number three so let's move on um, statement four God created male and female here again um, at least with these numbers look a little bit better but this is this is where we're going with um, the transgender movement and, and things like that where people are thinking the male and female are, are fluid or whatever you can be whatever you want to be and the fact that there are 13% of people and another 10% that are not sure of gender of sex of you know male or female I mean this is mind-boggling it was funny because I was watching a something that was on earlier um, Oh, a uh, thing on Netflix that my brother-in-law was showing me, some show magic for humans that was really weird, but they, they were, he was a magician doing stuff, and he does, he's at these liberal Californians gender reveal, and made the statement before he revealed, and he did some tricks and whatever, you know, some basic stuff that even I could figure out what he was doing, but um, he made the statement before that, um, something to the effect that they want everyone to know that gender is a, a socially engineered construct, blah, 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 and then revealed that they were having a girl. Well, why bother? But this is the reason why we're, we're going that direction, is that people are losing um, their ability to even stand on. And somebody made a, a statement that we're scientific people. That was That was what it was. And it's like, Wait, you're scientific people, but you don't believe that XX or XY determines the gender of who and what you are. So, there is that. Statement number five. Biblical accounts of the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. This event actually occurred. Okay, so, um, nice to see that only 20% of people who took this uh, uh, poll um, survey disagreed with that statement um, another 14% that are just not sure so it's nice to see that there are still a large amount of people um, in the US 66% so at least two-thirds of Americans um, still believing the fact that Jesus was resurrected was uh, crucified buried and resurrected so and again, that goes, that goes back to. Just gotta get back and, and mention that this goes back to. I mean, this is this is simple gospel stuff right here. This is this is determining orthodoxy. If people don't believe that Jesus lived, died, and was uh, was crucified and was resurrected, they they are not orthodox in their faith. And according to this, you know, there are twenty percent potentially 34% of people who took this poll that are not orthodox. Um, how I don't know how they, you know, let's break this one down. Let's look at where the evangelicals fall in this. 
So uh, 81%. That's that's a good number. 81%, another 14. So 95%. That's good. Um, only 2% of evangelicals here. This is this is orthodoxy. This is what is ma what makes us um, true believers in Christ. Again, um, one percent of Black Protestants, two percent, three percent total of Black Protestants disagree with the fact that, that these events happen. So that's a good um, good numbers right there. Um, let's check mainline. I don't know what mainline would be. Um, I'd really like to see definitions of what these are, but you can see as we get down, I'm betting um, even more Roman Catholics, 13% of Roman Catholics don't believe the events of the crucifixion happened. So, um, again, it's a, it's a, this is a statement of orthodoxy right here. There are some of them that can be, that will hit, that are not, that are secondary or even tertiary, um, issues, but this is a matter of orthodoxy. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Now this, you've got to read the statement. This is a statement that Mormons can agree with, that Jehovah's Witnesses will agree with, um, and that as evangelicals, we cannot agree with this statement. I strongly disagree with this statement. This is not, I want to see where evangelicals are at on this. Um, Oh, wow. 71%. 71% of evangelicals believe that Jesus is a created being. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that they read this wrong, that they didn't understand that Jesus is, is co-eternal with God. He is part of the Trinity. He is part of that, that, you know, God exists in three persons, God, the son, God, the father, and God, the Holy Spirit. That's a statement of, of, Orthodoxy, whereas this also is a statement of orthodoxy. Um, Jesus is not a created being. He is an eternal being. He is eternal. He has existed as long as the Father and the Spirit have existed. He is, he is not a created being. He is not the first and greatest being created. He is the creator. All things were created by him. All things that, were, are, that are seen and unseen, the Bible tells us, were created by him. Jesus is the creator. He is not a created being. So I really, as I read this, I hope that this was just a, um, a statement that was misunderstood as it was read. Um, we can only hope. But again, this is showing us the direction of where the church is going and in their beliefs. Um, Jesus is the only person who never sinned. Uh, 57% agree with that statement. 14% um, not sure. There are 29% of people who took this um, and believe essentially believe Jesus in. Evangelicals, 10% believe Jesus either, either believe that there are other people who have never sinned, which is biblically incorrect, because um, Paul tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, or believe that Jesus sinned, which again, we know that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So 
again, here's a statement. This is, a, this is an orthodoxy statement. If you cannot agree, if you cannot strongly agree with this statement, you are not, well, I guess I, you can agree with it and not strongly agree with it, but and potentially not be sure. But if you disagree with this statement, if you fall into this 29% of people who disagree with this statement, you are not within orthodoxy. You are outside of orthodoxy. You are not a Christian. Harsh, I know, but it's true. The Holy Spirit is a force, but not a personal being. Here again, this is, um, you know, I'd like to see where they show Pentecostals on this, because I would hope, especially among our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, that they would find this 100%. They would agree 100% um, or disagree 100% uh, with this statement, that he is just a force and not a, a, a personal being. But look at the number of people who agree this is again we the the Holy Spirit is a personal being. He is a person of the Trinity. He is a spirit of God. He is everywhere, but he is a person. He is he is a, a, a limitless, infinite, non-physical being, but he's a personal being. He is sent. He does things that interacts with us. He convicts us of our sin. He regenerates us. He leads us in, in, in the knowledge of Christ. He directs us to Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit does. You know, I love in uh, Results Song Sin um, on his album, The Elementology, with Ivy and Ivy Connerly and Shai Lin. Um, one of the, they've got a clip, and I believe it's Paul Washer. I want to say it's Paul Washer. I, I, I should probably know that. I listen to it so much. But talking about... Um, if a man says um, that the whole, that he does not talk much about sin, then I can tell him the Holy Spirit is not much in his ministry, because that's a key thing that the Holy Spirit does is he convicts the world of sin. So the fact that there are only twenty five percent who took this who disagree with the fact who think that the Holy Spirit is a personal being, again, let's click on. So we got 33% of evangelicals that, that believe that the Holy Spirit is a personal being. Black, black Protestant, even less. Mainline, I still wish I knew what that was defined as. Cat, don't you? I got a cat over here playing with balloons and he's going to pop them here in a second. Roman Catholic. Um... So yeah, I mean there are some real, real issues going on with uh, so few Roman Catholics who who believe that the Holy Spirit is a, a personal being. So again, statement of orthodoxy here. I mean th there's a, apparently more than I, I originally thought. The Holy Spirit gives a new spirit, a spiritual new birth or new life before a person has faith in Jesus. Now, this is the one that I clicked on, not sure. And so you can see, this is kind of one of those questions that's kind of iffy. Because it comes down to the fact of, does faith come first, or does regeneration come first? And this is, this is a, an argument um, that happens quite often. Um... And I, I clicked not sure because here's where I stand on this. 
um, where I stand on my belief on this uh, statement. I believe that it's a, a simultaneous event. Um, we, we are saved by faith. We know that it, it's our faith that we are given is a gift that saves us. And that gift of faith is given as we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Um, so I don't think one comes before the other. And this is just where I stand. And this is why I couldn't say one or the other on that. Because I'm, I, I stand in the middle on that. I believe they are a simultaneous event as we are being given the faith in order to put our, our to repent and put our trust in Christ is happening at the same way that the Spirit is regenerating us. Now, I don't believe that regeneration is sanctification. I believe regeneration is justification, that we are regenerated, which means we are justified when we repent and put our trust and faith in Christ. But then we are, are sanctified. So we are continually sanctified. So I do believe that those two things happen simultaneously. And so that was the one that I clicked on, the only one that I didn't either strongly disagree or strongly agree with, um, was that one statement. And that's the reason why I, I fell in the middle on that one statement. So let's move on and kind of burn through some more of these. The Holy Spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden by the Bible. This is scary. Um, simply the fact that there are 19% of people who, who think that the Holy Spirit would talk to them and tell them to do something that violates what the Word of God says. And then another 20% that are not sure. 39%. I'm really glad to see that um, 51 or 61% of people who took this still believe that the Holy Spirit will work in harmony with the Word of God because he inspired the Word of God. So he's not going to violate the Word that, that he, he gave to man to write down, to, that he gave to the apostles and the writers of the Old Testament and, the, and those who wrote the New Testament, the Gospels and so on, that he, get, he inspired them to write what is true and that he won't violate um, that law or that word um, by telling people to do something that is, that is forbidden in the Bible. Everyone sins a little but most people are good by nature. This is another one that is absolutely horrifying that 67% of people believe that most people are good by nature. Again, I'm a total depravity guy. 26% um, agree with me that People are not by nature good, and we see that day after day after day, and the Bible makes it very clear that we are not good. There is none righteous, no, not one. And so, no, not people are not good by nature. People are sinners by nature, and because of that, we have to, um, we have to understand that. And the fact that there is 67% of people who think that people are basically good and that's that's a problem leading into the gospel because if we're basically good you know we can we can essentially being good is a, a good portion of of being saved apparently and that would mean that Jesus didn't have to die because if we can be even a little bit of good then we should be able to to weigh our good over our bad and be determined but we can't because our righteousness is like filthy rags to God so even if, if people who are a little bit good 
are filthy according to God's standards. Statement number 12, even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Again, we see all kinds of lists throughout the Bible of things that are sinful um, and that will, will warrant a place in the lake of fire, lying, murders, homosexuality, all these things that, that deserve. And ultimately, it comes down to the fact of um, we, are, we have violated the law of, of an eternal God, law giver. And so every anything deserves eternal damnation. And the fact that only 23% agree with that and that, that wildly the 79% or 69% um, disagree with the fact that, that sin deserves punishment, which is eternal damnation. Statement 13, God counts a person as righteous, but not because of one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, here's another orthodoxy statement. We are saved by faith alone, through grace alone. Um, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. The soul, five solas, um, this, this embodies it, um, and it, it has nothing to do with our own works. Um, there's 33% of people out there that uh, think that by our own works, and then of course, if you break it down, I mean, if you look at the Roman Catholics, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Um, and I'm surprised to see that many Roman Catholics agree with that statement because it doesn't. That statement doesn't agree with Roman Catholic um, um, theology. So, of course, evangelicals should be a lot higher, um, you know, uh, black Protestants, where do they fall in that? Um, pretty good. So, again, statement of orthodoxy, we are saved by, by Christ's works alone and none of our own. The Bible, like all secular, sacred writing, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. A um, lot of people that agreed with that statement. Um, and a lot, I mean, we, we find ourselves kind of even. A um, little more on the, on the disagree side, which is, which is good. I'm glad to see um, that more people believe the Bible to be um, literally true um, then there are those but it's so close it's it's really scary um, the Bible Bible is hundred percent accurate and all that it teaches gives a little more technical in that statement and only 50 percent 50 percent of the people believe that the Bible is hundred percent accurate and all that it teaches um, I saw a couple of people who broke this down into the evangelical. Um, obviously, more evangelicals agree with that statement. Black Protestants are in agreement with that statement um, on, a, on a greater scale. Um, Roman Catholics uh, more along the line to disagree because of tradition and other things that they believe in according to their theology. So. Again, here's a, this is another orthodoxy statement. 
If you don't believe that the Bible is accurate, is that it's infallible, it, it takes away um, orthodoxy. It, it goes outside of orthodoxy. Modern science disproves the Bible. You know, we're seeing more and more. The, the numbers are changing. If you go back and look through um, the last few years, the, these numbers, more and more people are buying the lie that modern science disproves the Bible. Um, God will always reward true faith with material blessings in life. Um, we got 20-35% um, working their way towards uh, word of faith and prosperity gospel kind of stuff. And, and you see this, I mean, the more and more people who are influenced by the, you know, the prosperity preachers, Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar, Joel Osteen, Jesse Duplantis, these clowns, um, that are leading people in a false gospel. So those numbers are increasing, but I mean, it is a little bit nice to see the higher disagree numbers in here than the agree numbers. Hell is a real place where certain people will be punished forever. This one, um, again, it, it's nice to see that there are still people that believe in hell, but those numbers are shifting. Those numbers are, are, are constantly shifting um, among the church in America. Um, there will be a time when Jesus Christ returns to judge all the people who have lived. Higher, great numbers in the strongly agree. Um, so this gives me a little bit of hope, but coupled with the, the stuff that we see have already be, gone past, it's a little sketchy, you know, but the numbers are what they are. Um, worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regular, uh, regularly attending church. This scares me. Only 30% of people disagree with this statement. Um, Jesus, uh, the Bible tells us, um, inspired scripture tells us, um, so Jesus tells us that we, he wants us to gather. Um, do not forsake um, the gathering, you know, um, we don't want it. We need each other. Again, uh, you know, Jackie Hill Perry caught so much flack for this tweet, but I liked it. Um, I, I really think I understood where she was coming from. I don't think she was saying every one of these groups were 100% orthodox, but not every one of these groups is 100% outside of orthodoxy. So she made the statement that I can't remember exactly where it was, but my my Pentecostal friends taught me to love the Holy Spirit, and my Reformed friends taught me to love theology or something, but it, you know, it breaks down these things. And uh, man, people jumped all over her, but reality is the fact that we need, we need community. We are made to be communal creatures. We are made to commune with one another and have community together. And we need that, especially as believers, and especially as these numbers get worse and worse. We're going to need that community far more. And, and those people who, who agree with this statement that believe that worshiping alone are so much, I, I don't know if you've heard the story, and it's, it's kind of a corny story, don't know how true it is, of a guy who hasn't been to church in a while, and so the pastor goes to visit him, and he knocks on the door, and the guy opens the door, and not a word is said, and they go in, they sit down next to the fire, and they're sitting there for, for a long period of time, you know, some 
30, 40 minutes, who knows? The story changes as it, as it gets told. I, I don't want to embellish too much. But, um, and so the, the pastor reaches into the, uh, into the fire with a pair of tongs and pulls out a coal and sets it on the floor by itself. And they watch as the coal, the bright red ember, fades to black. And of course, the, the the point of the story is made and the next week the man is at church and they all lived happily ever after. But it's true. We need that to, to continue to grow and to walk in, in our faith with Christ and to grow and mature. We need people to come alongside of us and help us. We need to be coming alongside of, of people and helping them grow. And we need people to come alongside of us to help us grow. None of us has made it. John MacArthur hasn't made it. He needs to be discipled. John Piper still needs to be discipled. All of the, the preachers that you so much love to listen to still need to be discipled because they are still walking the same path. They may be farther ahead of us than we are, and they're bringing people along with them, but they need someone to bring them along. So we need each other. We absolutely need each other. Christians should be silent on politics, on issues of politics. I, I'm glad to see so many people disagree with this because, you know, I don't think we, I, I, I believe that Far too much, especially on the Republican side or the conservative side, that we have let our 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 politics supersede our belief. Well, and even on the on the Democrat side, the guess in reality is, at least where I am in Utah, you don't see a whole lot of Christian Democrats. It's just not something. They're out there. They exist. Um, and they can exist. We don't need to start, you know, throwing names around like Democrats or anything like that. They do exist. They're there, but you see far less of them. So I, I think Christian, I think most of my Christian friends are Republican, but I think they've let their Republicanism overpower their faith in Christ and it, and it clouds their vision and things. I think they make decisions, and I mean simply on, on, on the issue of voting for Trump. I did not vote for Trump because I did not believe that as a Christian I could vote for a man who bragged about um, adultery, who said some of the things that he said on his campaign trail that did some of the things that he did on his campaign trail. Neither could I vote for Hillary for the same, some of the same reasons. Um, so I didn't vote for either. Because I didn't feel like I could in good conscience vote for either. And I'm not saying that anyone who did vote for one or the other is wrong or, or not a Christian or outside of orthodoxy either. But my faith determined my vote. And I think a lot of people, their, their vote and their party influences their faith. Um, I know a lot of people, Jerry Falwell Jr., who stood with Trump in Trump's office, Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife, who has blocked me on Twitter because I pointed this out, who stood next to Donald Trump with a Playboy cover that Trump was on prominently displayed over his shoulder. This is something that, that Christians should not do. This was, should have been a picture that he refused to take. And he continues to defend Trump in all these things that he does. Jerry Falwell Jr. is letting his politics supersede his faith, and it's hurting his witness. Robert Jeffress is another one, and I'll call these guys out by name, but these guys who are willing to go, oh, well, you know, everybody doesn't know. 
because th these things that this president does, you should be condemning in your church from the pulpit, the sins that are committed, and you should be, you know, church discipline should be happening with people who are engaging in these things that the president is doing, and yet these religious leaders are defending him, and I think that's unconscionable. So we shouldn't be silent on issues of politics. We should, you know, let our faith influence our politics, but we should not let our politics supersede our faith. Only the power of God can cause people to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Um, as as a reformed person, I I see this as as a key issue. I won't say that it's a an orthodoxy issue. I think that you can believe in free will and be saved. I think you're wrong, but um, but I believe that only God can cause people. I think God draws all of us to himself. That's scriptural. God draws him. Uh, Jesus says, none of those that he has given me will I lose. And so, um, you know, it's. A, I, I think there's a good number of people who agree with this. Um, you know, the not shores and so on. I, I wouldn't say somebody who doesn't agree with this is, is not orthodox, but I would, I would say I believe that they're wrong. Um, churches must provide entertaining worship services if they want to be effective. I, I, again, the agree numbers scare me just simply because of it's that seeker-sensitive thing, and I don't think it's a valid. I, I'm glad to see the amount of numbers because you can have, you know, as long as the gospel is preached, you can have, you know, I hate to use the, word, the term mediocre, but you can have just a, a, a basic, you know, acoustic worship set. You don't have to have a big band or, you know, pyrotechnics or anything, laser light shows. We don't need those things. I think those things take away from the gospel. We've heard it said that what you win them with, you have to keep them with. So that's why these services have to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And guys like Ed Young and Stephen Furtick and, and these guys that, that have to put on these huge shows have to get bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. God is unconcerned with my day-to-day -day decisions. I'm glad to see the numbers of people who disagree with this. Um, God is absolutely concerned with the decisions we make on a day-to-day -day basis. He's God. You know, he's not too busy. He can handle it all. And he is interested and he is concerned in our day-to-day -day decisions. The Bible has the authority to tell us what we must do. Ultimately, the Bible is our authority on what we know about God, about what he has called us to, because that's what he's given us. So, yes, I'm, I, I'm glad to see. It, it kind of scares me that there's so much evenness in those two numbers, but it's still... Those who agree um, are higher than those who disagree. So I, I hate to see what that number looks like in 2020. Um, sex outside of traditional marriage is a sin. Um, again, this is one of those things that we're watching creep up. Um, the, the disagrees. I'm glad to see that the agrees are higher, barely. And we're seeing the disagrees move up. And again... That in two years, if they do this again, as they have done since 2014, um, I'm scared to see what these numbers look like at that point in time. I'm hopeful that there are more churches will come up and teach truth, um, but it's a, it's a scary number. Abortion is a sin. Again, 
those numbers are, are, are evening out and it's <sighs> abortion is absolutely a sin. I, I don't know how you can not strongly agree with that statement as a Christian, as a believer. Gender identity is a matter of choice. This kind of blends into the question that was asked earlier. Um, but again, the fact that 38% of people um, agree with the fact that you can choose your identity is scary because again, if these are you can't be, even people of science have to look at the fact that your gender is based on XY or XX. You're either male or female. And those are our only two options. The very minor percentage of people who have some kind of medically intersex, um, you know, condition aside, this gender is not a choice. The Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. I mean, there are those right now, Vicki Beeching and Matthew Vines and guys like that, that are going to tell you it didn't apply back then either. Um, but the fact that there, the numbers of agree and disagree are absolutely even, the strongly agree and disagree are even at 27%. Um, and then, you know, just a couple of numbers off in the the agree or disagree, not the strongly. So the the fact that this is so close in numbers is a, a scary situation because it falls into what, whether you believe the Bible is true or not. Religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It's not about objective truth. It is absolutely about objective truth and the fact that so many people agree with that. 60% and then another 10% that are not sure, um, only 30%, 30% think that, that religious belief is about an objective truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that's an objective statement. The Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Um, Great to see that there's a 0% not sure. People are either on one side or the other. This is not something you can really be not sure about. But, I, you know, the, it, I feel like it has to be more in the strong columns and, you know, and, you know, happily I'm looking at the fact that more people believe this statement than those that don't. But they're changing all the time. It's very important for me personally to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. This is evangelism, y'all. And again, 0% in the not sure because you're either on one side or the other. You either agree that evangelism is a good thing or you think people need to stay home and shut up. And the fact that these numbers are so close to each other, you have 4% difference. 4% more people believe in evangelism and telling people about Christ um, sharing your faith, there's a 4% more people agree with that and believe that than those who don't. And that's a, that's a, that's a scary statement for the church today. Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that can remove the penalty of my sin. Um, again, <laughs> I love the fact that we got to these, these questions at the end and that the, the not sure's went away. Um, 
And I'm glad to see that the numbers are so much higher that people believe this is truth. This again, this is an orthodox statement. If you believe that anything else could remove the penalty for your sin, you are wrong and you're not saved. You know, it's a statement that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. You've got nothing if you think you can add anything to your to the sacrifice that Christ made, the work that he did on the cross. And finally, I think this is the last one. Only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. And the fact that there are so many people who disagree with this. Again, we have more on the, on the right side of this question. That, but those numbers are too close. Those numbers are too close for the church in America to have that attitude about... Um, the gospel and what Jesus did for them. So this is, there's, there's good things and there's bad things, but the, the bad news is, is that there's so much of those, those two sides that are coming closer. And there are some that the, the, the poor theology of, of Americans outweighs the, the good teaching of the Bible. So, um, you know, do with what you're going to with these with these statements. Look at it. Take the take it. You can still take it. It doesn't. You won't figure into the the percentages anymore because the the survey is closed. The 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 results have been you know given have been found. But you can take it and see where you fall in that and uh, see where you fall according to what I've said. You know, or others have said are orthodox statements or not. Um, and, and take a good self-examination of yourself of where you stand on these things. And if you need to be, if you need to, to see things differently, if you need to, um, you know, I know that I have people who, who watch this who are going to disagree with me, who are going to think that some of those things that I said are orthodoxy statements, are they're going to disagree with that. But um, I stand where I stand, you know, to quote my man Martin Luther, here I, here I stand, I can do no other. Um, and that's it. We need to we need a revival in the church today. Absolutely, we need a revival of good biblical teaching to to lead people to the truth. Um, so I encourage you guys to find a good Bible church, a good church that teaches the gospel, that that teaches expositorily, that teaches the whole counsel of Scripture. Um, find those places, and if you and not if you can. You, we have to. We have to be. I, I don't expect everyone to be a street preacher um, or to be a, a street evangelist, but you have people in your immediate, immediate sphere of influence that need to hear this truth. And I encourage you guys to share your faith with them. And as I say all the time, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.